Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander from Smile, Set App, and Splendid Spoon. I'm Simone Rochefort, a senior video producer at Polygon, and I'm here today with Christina Warren, senior cloud advocate at Microsoft, and Brianna Wu, a other person who does not have great sound today, and we're both very, very sorry, but she has a really good excuse, and I have a less good one. Also, she's yeah, the executive uh, director sorry, of Rebellion y'all. Pack. <laughs> and executive director. Y'all, I, I swear, I've become in two weeks like a hardcore disability rights extremist. <laughs> like, good. Like just two weeks of, of hobbling around on crutches and uh, you know, I had my post-surgery uh, follow-up. They didn't drill three holes in my tibia. They ended up drilling six, the doctor told me. And I'm just in tons of pain. I cannot go down to the basement right now and record. It's going to kill me. So I hope everyone here will accept if I use my AirPods just this week. So sorry about that. Yeah, so what you're hearing is it's AirPods Pro or just the regular AirPods? The AirPods Pro, yeah. Oh, Brianna Wu coming in on the AirPods Pro from her couch. Uh, so there you go. Sound sample for you. Wow, we have a very exciting show today. Some, I think, classic rocket topics. It's just like a really yes. solid one. Um, and we're going to start off with some Apple news and some classic Christina shaming. So <laughs> in a very fun Christmas present for our show, Apple announced their over-ear Bluetooth noise-canceling headphones the airpods max pre-order start on december 9th they go on sale december 15th uh december 9th is today Ooh, and um huh you can i think guess what happened with pre-orders going on today huh and us recording the show today but we have a lot more to discuss we'll be talking about the name we'll be talking about the price and we'll be talking about the purse of it all uh but let's start with the price it's because- not a purse in a way, what is, we'll, we'll talk about what the definition of a purse is when we get there. But first, I have to say that they are $549, and Christina Warren has purchased them. Oh, Christina. I, I hate myself. I do know. you Do you hate yourself? Yes. Why? I'm so angry with myself. <laughs> Let's I'm talk so angry through. I did this. Okay. So I wasn't going to do it. I was like, this is $550. I know that they're not going to sound as good as Grado's or B&O or Sennheiser, you know, headphones that are in this price range. I know they won't and they absolutely will not. And they're Bluetooth, which is automatically I'm like anybody who pays over $400 for Bluetooth headphones. I think that you are dumb. And and there I said it. Uh, I also have multiple pairs of like $300 plus Bluetooth headphones, including my Sony's, which I like very much. I was like, this is the dumbest thing ever. And then I was like, but we know I'm going to buy them. And then. <laughs> Why? No, you didn't. Well, didn't. well, okay. I knew that I probably was going to get suckered into it. And then what finally made me do it. And then I was like, no, you know, I'm going to wait because I don't need, you know, to get these right now, whatever. And then, and then what happened is the thing that always happens to me with this sort of BS is that the ship date started to slip and the FOMO <sighs> started to kick in. And it was 12 to 14 weeks to get AirPods Max. And I'm like, oh, hell no. So I found out that if I got them engraved, it'll just be a month. So I'm like, all right, well, 
fine. I'll, I'll do it. And, and then I hated myself for it because not only did I buy the stupid headphones, but I bought the stupid $40 cable so that I can actually use them with my turntable, even though, even though, even though I know that they will absolutely be garbage because there will be some sort of built-in DAC, which is absolutely not going to be what I want. And it's going to be some sort of extra level of conversion, even if the DAC is really good for a headphone DAC. And I know it won't be, it's going to be terrible. But I did it anyway because I am a garbage person and I hate myself, but I am who I am. Why did you do okay, that when so you have like- several other pairs of Bluetooth headphones when, that could be know. compatible with the table? Why, why the cable specifically? Because I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying. I needed. To, I'm bored, honestly. And okay, I'm fair enough. Retail therapy. We're all doing that this time of year. Yeah. So, so that was honestly, but there is no defense in this. Uh, also, I mean, the only thing I was thinking of is I was like, well, I'll be able to do reviews on the show and other places. So I guess technically it can be a business expense. Don't also, use Charles- us as an excuse. Sorry, Brie, I interrupted you earlier. Why don't you take no, it away? No, 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 go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say, Christina, you know, I, 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 I think the, the, the addiction language for this is enabler. I feel like Simone's not been an enabler. I feel like I have enabled you on this show. And sometimes, you know, Simone will be like, no, don't buy that laptop. That's silly. <laughs> don't do that. That's just funny. I'll be like, do it. No, right. no, I have enabled you. But I saw this purchase, this come up. And I looked at the specs, and I looked at the pitch for it from Apple, and I swear on, I swear on the name of Jesus, my first thought was, not even Christina Flores. <laughs> and because there's a lot of stuff going on here. A, they're not very attractive headphones, um, in my opinion. Uh, the top of it, I think, is funky. The colors, I'm not in love with the colors. I understand you're a rose gold enthusiast. This is not an attractive shade of rose gold, in my opinion. Uh, as far as the spatial audio component of it, um, you know, spatial audio makes sense with the HomePod, the main one, because it is bouncing sound off your walls and creating a computational space and figuring out how to make uh, whatever place it's placed in sound bigger. That is a less necessary technology when your ear is contained in acoustic foam. Uh, it has some applications for you know noise uh, reduction and things like that, but it's there's just less uh, room for that trick to really be magical, at least with past iterations. And and the price point, you know, the Porsche option to upgrade your sound system <laughs> to the ultimate end it does not cost as much as these headphones. <sighs> so and that's in a Porsche. So I just I I I, I feel. I, I was going to come on the show today and I had a list of things I was going to urge you to buy instead of these headphones <gasps> and then before we could record, you've already bought it. So it doesn't matter. So Brie, under no circumstances, can you show Christina that list? Okay, right. <laughs> so fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I will yeah. say this. I, I And, and here, here's where my friend Justin did the same thing that I did because we're twins and we are, well, he's two days older than me, but we are incredibly similar. We buy the same stuff. We make the same bad decisions. Um, and we enable one another with our bad decisions. Uh, and he has said, he was like, if these aren't as good as the Sony's I'm returning them instantly. And the thing is, is that I would like to say that, but we know what happened with the home pod and I will, I will just forget. So, but I will say this if, and when I get these in a month, if I'm not telling you that I think that they are, 
and I'm not saying they're going to be a good value because we know there won't be. But if I if I'm not, if I don't like them, I I would ask that both of you and and actually our audience inundate me and annoy me so much on Twitter that I actually return them. Is 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 I what think that's a really good ask. idea. I, I I think that's that's good. Um, Can you do that with engraved products? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Uh, so I actually, I disagree with you, Brie. I think they look kind of cool. And I'm not saying they're worth it because they're at that price point. Like you said, Absolutely they're not. definitely not worth it. Like I, what I would like to see is probably something on par with the AirPods Pro. Maybe a little more because of the materials. But I, I, yeah, the price point's ridiculous. However, I actually think they look cool. And I really, okay, stop moving in this leather chair, Simone. Just sit still. Sorry, I'm sitting on the loudest leather chair in a log cabin on a farm in Washington right now. Um, so <laughs> apologies. I uh, like that it has the digital crown. And I was on the Clockwise podcast today. And I think like Jason, Micah, and Dan were saying that the it has a digital crown because Apple couldn't, the Apple engineers couldn't figure out how to make it like contact only, like no buttons. Right. Um, but I actually think it's cool as hell. And being able to do more things with it is super appealing to me. Like, that's one of the things about the AirPods that I I just wish that I could have three functions instead of the two that I have, which are play, pause, and next track or previous track. Yep. Um, I wish that I could adjust the volume on them. I wish I could do that and those other things. Um and so the fact that they're integrating the digital crown into this, obviously they have more real estate to do so. I think it's great. Um, and I, I hope that, I hope that they, I don't know. I, I'd like, I like the direction that's going in is what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't hate the look. I don't love the look. I'm kind of ambivalent in the middle. Like I, I made a comment kind of on Twitter where I said, you know, cause I, I started the thing where I was like, look, audiophiles, even, you know, audiophiles will laugh at this. Even audiophiles who pay this much for this will, like, be, like, turned off $550. And some people took this as trying to defend audiophile pricing to me. And I was like, no, 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 you've got me wrong. Audiophiles will never buy this to begin with because they're Bluetooth. And 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 they won't be down for any of that. Um, but my point was, you know, I feel like the audience for this, it's interesting. These have the same conundrum to me that you have with the HomePod, where it is price significantly higher than the direct competition, which in this case would be the Bose QC2s or the Bose 700s or the Sony um, XM4s. Uh, those retail for 350 and 370 respectively. So you are significantly more, also the Surface headphones too, I guess, would, would be in that category as well. So you're talking about, you know, $200 more than the competition. Um, and, you know, on the surface, anyway, it looks like fewer features, uh, whereas, you know, like there, there, there aren't certain codecs aren't supported and, and they're they lack, you know, like a actual um, analog out jack. You have to use the the stupid lightning to three and a half millimeter mm. adapter. And 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 they actually have less, um, you know, battery life when it comes to um, using them in, um, you know, like noise canceling mode, like the, the Sony's are 30 hours and, and these I think are rated at 20. So, you know, it's, it's less time for that. Um, and, and then they charge over lightning rather than charging over USB-C, which I think is dumb, meaning you have to use an adapter to charge your headphones with your laptop, which anyway, having said all that, whereas, you know, and that's similar to the HomePod, where the HomePod costs more than its direct competition and a whole lot more than its 
you know, kind of entry level stuff. And HomePod failed and, and, and it failed exactly for the reasons I predicted it would. I'm going to predict that these will not be a failure and not just because they're sold out already, because I think that we don't know how many they made. It's Christmas time. People mm-hmm. are buying things erratically. But I do feel like there's a specific audience for this that will go for these. And, and it's it's, you know, um, well-heeled consumers who like Apple stuff are in the Apple ecosystem and are either unaware of the lower priced and very good competition, which I think would be a lot of people or know about it and don't care, or just, you know, have been so high on the Apple halo effect from the prior AirPods Mm -hmm. uh, devices, which are so good and are truly best in class that they're like, yeah, I want these regular headphones and I love my AirPods so much. I'm going to get these too. So, like, I don't think they're going to be Beats-level success. Uh, the fashion component isn't there yet. Somebody was trying to argue with me and say, no, I think they're more fashionable. And, and as I said to that person, culture defines, culture decides fashion. So we don't know yet. Yeah. Right? And, 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 uh, but the Beats have a massive fashion component. And um, I, that remains to be seen. But I do feel like I don't think these are going to be a Beats-level success. I don't think they're going to be airpods or airpods pro level success but i do think they're going to be successful. i agree with you and i that actually the talking about fashion brings us to our final point which is the funny little carrying case oh. that apple is selling uh as well hell? so it's a quote-unquote smart case that puts the headphones in an automatic uh low power state when you put them in the case uh the case just covers the cans so it looks like a little purse it looks like a little anime titty mouse pad purse like the head, it, it looks the, like a bra. Yeah, it does. It looks like a bra, dude. It just does. I think it looks like an anime <laughs> mouse pad. Okay, I mean, I, 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 I guess it could be either. But I mean, to me, to me, that is bad. I won't it looks silly. This, it looks funny, so silly. This is. It looks stupid. It's dumb. It's it, it is dumb, and I don't know how you're supposed to travel with it. The Go AirPods on. case that comes with it, it is, it's like, this is the best part of it, right? Like the reason I love AirPods so much is generally speaking, I can carry some with me on my person or in my purse. Mm-hmm. It is so convenient. And the charging aspect of it, that is, you know, I don't think the Siri aspect of it matters as much no. as the fact that it's constantly charging. And yes. I can't be the only person who uses it. The battery runs out, you throw it in the case, and then you keep using it throughout the day. That is genius. This is an ugly monstrosity. And I'm sure it will have that same charging um, function to it. But the fact that it's just this whole, it's very iffy on what it's going to connect to. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's visual terrorism. It looks so (laughs) bad. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I totally agree. and and I, I can't help but say, like, I have a feeling what's interesting, you know, so the Sony's and the Bose both come with like kind of, um, you know, hard backed um, cases for them. Um, the, the, the Sony one is, you know, kind of covered like it, it's a, uh, you know, fabric covered, but it's, it's like a hard shell case. And that's nice for tra- traveling. It does take up more room in your bag, but it's nice for traveling. I look at these and I do have a concern, not that it matters right now because I'm not traveling anywhere, but especially when these cost what they cost, like I would not necessarily want to drop these in my backpack that I take with traveling yeah, because I'd be concerned about the headband getting crushed. You want to lock this in like a steel case. <laughs> um, right. Well, well, well which, which is, which is why the Sonys and the Bose are nice. They have these hard back, nice things, you yeah, know? And, yeah, and for so, sure. Uh, yeah, so, I agree. So, the case so is both in, ugly even, even and even inefficient beats. and also hilarious. Yep. 
And that's oh, how I feel about it. Hilarious. The whole thing is hilarious. If we can just be honest, the whole thing is hilarious. Who, who but Apple in 2020 <laughs> comes out with a $550 pair of Bluetooth headphones. Yeah, and calls them pods, even though they're right. not pods. Just oh, as I predicted. Just the, as the I knew. So bad. You did. Yeah, no, the name, the name uh, I, I made this joke before, and I'll make it on the podcast. It's like a Microsoft-level bad name. Oh, like, no. <laughs> it honestly is. And I have to say it's worse because Surface Headphones is a better name than AirPods Max. Oh, and yeah. That is it totally really is. sad. Well, Surface that Headphones brings us a better name. <laughs> this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Text Expander from our good friends at Smile. Get ahead of your productivity for the new year with the power of Text Expander. Text Expander removes the repetition out of work so that you can focus on what matters most. Say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling and message errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say. When you use Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. It's better than copy and paste, better than scripts and templates, especially if you like make up your own and then nobody can like back Google it and be like, sounds like this sounds like they got it off a greeting card website. No, not you. You're making up your own stuff and then you're saving it forever. It's locked, locked in your snippets. Text Expander Snippets allows you, allows you, allow, Text Expander Snippets, plural, allow you, because that's grammar, to max, see, if only I could use snippets for my talking, then I wouldn't make these mistakes. <laughs> Hopefully they will come out with that soon, but until then, snippets allow you to maximize your time by getting rid of the repetitive things you type while still customizing and personalizing your messages. They're so good. You guys can vouch for it. Can you imagine? You guys have both used it. Tell me how smart I would sound if I could speech, <laughs> if I could speech with Text Expander. If you could speech with Text Expander, not only would you talk like faster than I talk, but you would enunciate every word perfectly and you'd be so efficient and grammatically correct. What's one of your favorite snippets, Christina? Well, this is one that I, uh, so this, this is a, a fun one. Um, so I run a um, command line utility every week when I make this week on Channel 9, where, where I'm grabbing the thumbnails from a couple of uh, various like YouTube videos. And so I put those URLs in a text file, and then I run a YouTube DL um, command line um, argument to download just the thumbnails to a specific folder. And because that argument is fairly long, I have a text expander snippet where I just type in a couple of characters and it puts in the whole argument um, for me so that I can very quickly automate what I need to do. Dope. Text expander can be used by you in any platform, any app, anywhere you type. Take your time back in the new year and increase your productivity with text expander. And guess what? Rocket listeners get 20% off their first year. Visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander. Go there right now. You will not regret it. Thank you so much to Text Expander and Smile for their support of this show and Relay FM. So before we move on topics, I do want to share some of the things I was going to encourage you to buy <gasps> yes. Yes, instead, please, please. Christina. Okay. okay. So this is number one on the list. I have never played the Apple Pippin before. This is the long. <laughs> Oh, the terrible game console. Yeah. Terrible game, but it's also a classic, right? And I found an eBay listing of a well-running Apple Pippin for $600 (gasps) used with games in it. And we could have brought that onto the show 
And you could have talked about that and with a 10 out of 10 segment. Uh, another thing on the list I found is in your part of Seattle right now, you could to, for grant for Christmas, you could go rent him a Ferrari for, a, for the day from Turo.com. And you could spend the entire day driving a Ferrari around. Uh, you can get uh, you could get a pinball machine for your office. They have some Valley ones in Seattle on the on the Facebook there, and all those things are six hundred dollars. And I think that would be more fun, all those things, than the Apple headphones. So. Um, you made your choice, though, and I feel sorry for Grant. So. Yeah, um, well, I, I'm now looking at Apple Pippin listings no. on eBay, so thanks a lot for that. No, no I'm, I'm You're not welcome. That. But, but, but uh, <laughs> one day, I don't think I'm going to yet. Um, I, I, I'm seeing like a bunch of Japanese ones, but yeah, uh, interesting. I think we should do that for a rocket show. That would be fun. Actually, it would be that fun. That would actually be really fun. But that will leave that show planning for another day because it is time to talk about the FTC and uh. 48 state attorneys general. Uh, I'll start with them. 48 state attorneys general, a pluralization that I enjoy, are bringing a lawsuit against Facebook claiming that its acquisitions of Instagram and WhatsApp were bad and harmed competition in that space. Uh, at the same time, the FTC has brought a separate lawsuit against Facebook for quote-unquote illegal monopolization that goes a step further uh, from the first one to claim that Facebook needs to undo what it has done and spin WhatsApp and Instagram into separate companies. Uh, the FTC case points to instances where Facebook cut off access to its API for apps like Vine in the post-Twitter acquisition world uh, so that a Vine could no longer use Facebook's API to help people find their friends. Um, Facebook has responded. Their current argument pre-going you know, to court is, hey guys, it's really messed up that you would ask us to undo this years after we were permitted to make this purchase. Is that not a dangerous precedent to set? Please reconsider. Um, and yeah, so that that's the state of the world right now. It is finally happening after all of the previous antitrust uh, hearings in in uh, Congress. Somebody has finally done it. Yeah, so uh, we're probably all going to have some. Well, I'm probably going to be the the odd one out this week, but I I could not disagree with these lawsuits more. Like I think that it is absolute insane that they are filing these lawsuits. To be clear, I feel really awkward being in the position of defending Facebook at all. Um, <laughs> I like I, I won't even take calls with their recruiters. Uh, and I think there are a lot of things that you could go after them for with data. But I, I, I actually do have massive, massive problems with this. Uh, the FTC is the agency that approved both, both of these mergers in the first place. And um, I think that you could make an argument in the WhatsApp case that that they aired, uh, I actually was on television five years ago talking about how they probably shouldn't approve that merger <laughs> and that it was problematic. Um, and, and so I do feel like the Obama administration and the FTC of that era definitely aired there. But I also am very bothered by the fact that they want to go back and be like, our bad, uh, we're, we're, we're just going to, we want take backs now. Like I, 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 I have a big problem with that precedent. With Instagram, I actually think that it's a completely ridiculous and insane argument. Instagram was a 13-person company with 35 million users and no revenue. Um, and uh, what Instagram has become is in large part due to Facebook. They didn't have mm -hmm. a business plan. 
Mike and Mike and uh, Kevin built Instagram into something awesome. And they were definitely in charge of that product. But they told me, like, I talked with both of them. I had a long, like, kind of, it was pseudo off the record kind of dinner with, with Mike, who was like the engineering lead of Instagram a few years after they were acquired. Uh, it was, it was a dinner with, with a bunch of journalists and he talked about how, you know, it was Facebook's sales team that built out like the sales and was their ad mm-hmm. team. And in fact, they didn't even have their own team for many years. Uh, the, uh, I believe that like the ad product, although it was, you know, like definitely led by Instagram and, and was certainly, you know, kind of creatively controlled by them was very much a driven by Facebook thing. You know, so many of the other features and stuff that happened, um, certainly their ability to scale as big as they got was because of Facebook. So I think that it's a little bit, I think actually it's completely disingenuous to try to pretend like that acquisition was something that, you know, like that, oh no, you know, you you took over this this massive mammoth company and, and became this juggernaut when it's like, no, we you bought this small company you spend a bunch of money that actually at the time, a lot of people, I was again, kind of one of the the ones who was like, this is the best billion they ever spent. And I, I stand by that. But there were a ton of people who were like, you wasted all this money on something that anybody else can replicate. And what did you do? And this is dumb. Mm. And, and also, uh, Facebook bought them uh, because Twitter was going to like, there was a handshake deal, they were about to sell to Twitter. And then Facebook came in and offered more money. And they in its so Instagram would not be independent regardless. Twitter so in it. another world, could would this lawsuit theoretically be against Twitter for buying uh, up smaller no. apps? No, no, because in, in, in another world, Twitter probably would have fumbled it the same way that they fumbled Vine. So uh, true. I don't think yeah, I would be. Have I, folded. I don't think. I don't. I, like, like, I don't. Think that, I, I think that, that Instagram would be what it was. I'll also just and that. Uh, sorry, uh, and then I. I definitely want to hear your. Uh, that's pretty. I want the government's allegation that you know they cut off the Vine API. Yeah, that happened, but that's a disingenuous way of representing the situation. What happened first actually was that Twitter cut off Facebook, excuse me, Instagram's API access because Twitter was mad mm-hmm. that they didn't get to buy Instagram. So Twitter cut off Instagram's um, API access and refused to allow Instagram people to find their Twitter followers, their you know on like their friends on Twitter on Instagram, and they refused to allow the really like natural way of posting images that way. So when Vine launched, that was why Facebook was like, well, yeah, we're going to cut off Vine's access. They won't let us have the access. They're not going to get ours. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's petty, but it was completely driven by the fact that Twitter first in, you know, in large part, because they were very upset that they didn't get to buy the company cut off Instagram's API access. Sorry, go on, Brie. Okay, so I just want to stress we are friends and we are yeah. going to disagree very vehemently mm-hmm. about this. I, I, I think, I think, like I've been watching you argue about this all day on Twitter, and I, I wanted to save it for Rocket. I, I think the basis of your argument seems to be if they if they proved it way back uh, when Instagram was acquired. Uh, and didn't have a problem with it then, then they shouldn't have a problem with it now. And I think respectfully, if you read the suit itself and consider the fact that 48 attorney, state attorney generals across the country have gotten on board with this suit, an astonishing bipartisan consensus on this, and read the allegations in the suit, it is just as much about the way that they've misused and abuse their power and turn this into a monopoly. It's about the lock-in effect 
across all these platforms. So I, I, I think people, I agree with you that people don't remember what Instagram was when this was acquired. It was this goofy photo sharing app with uh, some weird filters. Like there was a great clip going around today with Jon Stewart making fun of that. And I wholly agree with you that it was uh, that infrastructure and that, that, that the, the, the place uh, the cloud infrastructure to store photos on allowed it to become what it is today. But the suit against Microsoft in the 90s, you know, Office was invented far before any of these things happened, and they were proposing splitting those two companies up. I think in that same way, you can look at the lock-in and the fact that it's so hard for people to leave these platforms and the way that Facebook has abused its ad uh, strategy and the user lock-in strategy. And I think a reasonable person can say, despite the fact that we thought this was okay back in 2012, we have to look at this today. And I think it's not just in consumers' interest. I think it's in the tech industry's interest. Because I don't think you can have real innovation in social media right now with this kind of anti-competitive behemoth here. And and see, and I totally disagree. I mean, on on the one hand, I'll say, and look, I'm a Microsoft employee, but the antitrust investigation happened when I was like 15 years old. So I have nothing to do with Mm -hmm. any of that. But that really came down to the browser, not about the Office Suite. The Office Suite was part of it. But the Office Suite, which I don't think is a bad argument, was never really going to be part of it. And frankly... The government lost. Uh, they 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 won and then lost on appeal. So you know, um, and and the the provisions that Microsoft had to make actually I think are, are sort of interesting in this way in that the the whole argument was the the tie in between the browser and the operating system and whether or not they were separate. And I think that when you look at Google and Facebook and you look at how their code bases are, which are monolithic, meaning that you can't just separate these things out. They are all interreliant on one another. It is done in some ways because that's how you build systems. And in some ways, I would argue that it's done that way so that it will be difficult to actually separate them. Because respectfully, um, people who are, you know, the, the, the lawmakers, the generals uh, and FTC don't know tech and they don't know how software engineering works. And most of them are not real competent, even in a lot of the issues around that. And, and that's just a fact. Um, so I think there are some very real problems with how to even a- achieve what they want to achieve, number one. But number two, I think you talk about innovation. You know, Snapchat is arguably arguably the company that's been hurt the most by um, Instagram. And Snapchat right now, their Snap Inc., their stock price is at record highs. They are, they're now a $78 billion company. TikTok is growing leaps and bounds faster than anybody else. And it is, uh, I think, proof that innovation doesn't die. And in fact, like TikTok was an acquisition of, uh, you know, um, Musical.ly and and became something else. So I think that I have a real hard time even with innovation argument when we're seeing arguably some of the biggest innovation in kind of the social spaces right now. And we're actually seeing, you know, what happens when Facebook doesn't control these things. And it's a really interesting time to see like Reels hasn't worked and, you know, they are losing users um, to TikTok and they don't have that virality. So I, I feel like the I feel like the WhatsApp argument is a lot stronger. I feel like WhatsApp at the time shouldn't have been approved, and they had to lock in then, and and it's problematic. I feel like Instagram. I'm sorry, that's the sort of acquisition that a lot of companies wouldn't even need to make an SEC disclosure about. Um, 
that they built it into something way more than it is. What and, do you think? And- I, I agree that Facebook has changed Instagram a lot, and all of the all of the retail that's on that app is something that feels purely Facebook to me, and that's something that's grown leaps and bounds, especially recently. But how do you feel about Mark Zuckerberg's comments in those emails that were brought up during the previous antitrust hearings about how his basically like we should buy this so that we can adopt these features and get market saturation mm-hmm. before anyone else can get them, but not in a not in a anti-competitive way, right? Uh, I mean, look, those I mean, emails look real bad. I mean, they they look bad, but I that's I the thing. Like, no like matter how we, what argument, no matter how you feel about it, the the emails look pretty bad. They they do, but I also don't know how much that's going to matter. Honestly, yeah. like I think I think that that it looks bad, but I don't feel like that's a smoking gun. I mean, you could look into anybody's corporate emails and see anything that they say, and it would be bad, right? Like if you go through yeah. anybody's emails or Slack, it's going to be bad. You're going to be saying something that you know in the course of discovery is going to be a problem. Uh, I think that that what they're going to have to make the argument is is what have they done that has actually reduced you know these sorts of things mm-hmm. and. You know, I, I don't know. It's just I, I think so, the reason. So before before we yeah. uh, before we shoot off on another thing, I want to loop back around something you were saying, Christina. I think that you were respectfully you were really minimizing what the effect of the antitrust case was with Microsoft and what the legacy of that was. Oh, I'm not though. Because because if you look at the specifics of what they were proposing. It's all beyond reasonable. It was things like they had to embed people and have deals very closely scrutinized. You had to have legal approval as they were looking at incorporating new features. It was having people embedded in Microsoft as certain. Like it was. It was. It was having independent arbiters come in uh, with some of the issues at play. Go read the 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 compromises that they came to in the nineties. It was all beyond reasonable and. Uh, I think if you have that at Facebook, I, I think something like that would help the environment. I also say respectfully, um, when we're talking about innovation there, you're talking about very consumer-focused uh, innovation, and that makes a lot of sense. That's the front end for what most people see with Facebook. I can tell you someone who spends an astonishing amount of money on advertising, and yes, with Facebook, it is functionally a duopoly. Yeah. And I do think that there is a lot of innovation that could happen throughout the in- industry in getting messages to uh, to consumers if you didn't have this big Facebook monopoly. And it has uh, because they faked numbers and have lied about video views yeah. and you know it, or so. Oh, um, yeah, no, so and, and and I agree with that, my- but that's not what this is about. Like. This is about WhatsApp and Instagram. Like, I, I think that you have plenty of reasons that you could argue that Facebook is done wrong. And there are plenty of reasons to bring an FTC case against them, especially around their data usage. I just don't think that this is it. I think that, I mean, I, I made this Actually, comment on Twitter, like YouTube was purchased in, 20, in 2006 for $1.6 billion. It effectively has killed. We have not even seen anybody even attempt to do anything like YouTube. YouTube literally has killed every single possible video startup period. The only exception you could maybe say is Twitch, and that's a very different product. Um, So YouTube literally owns that space. YouTube has, or Google rather, has just as big of a a monopoly over over advertising as as Facebook does, arguably a bigger one. And 
like why, why why is there not an antitrust lawsuit being brought against YouTube right now? Like we should that's- do both because it's about the political willpower to start applying anti-monopoly decisions. Something we've been very um, we failed at, frankly, as a country uh, over my lifetime. And I, I'm 100 percent with you. I think Amazon needs to be looked at very closely, but we have to start somewhere. And I think it's really good for the country. We can get 48 freaking state attorney generals across this country, Republicans and Democrats and the federal FTC to agree to this case. That's that's a real step forward in breaking up these tech monopolies. And I, does, I, actually, I, I on, on that note, uh, yeah. since we, we did see in the uh, hearings over the summer, like Google was there, Amazon was there, et cetera. Do you think that this is a first step or is this just the one that they have decided like, oh, this is the one where we have the most ground? I, I, I don't no. know. Yeah. I have no clue. I mean, I think that Facebook is the one that is the most politically at risk and is the most disliked like mm-hmm. pu- with the public. Yeah. So I think that they are the easiest ones to go after, to be totally frank. Um, mm-hmm. I think that Amazon is uh, it's hard to make some of the cases against Amazon, even though there's a lot of stuff there that is troubling. There's a lot of stuff there with, with Google that's troubling. There's a lot of stuff with all these big companies that are troubling. I, I, have, I have to say, though, and I said this to somebody on Twitter, what bothers me here is that I, I, I feel like the, with these lawsuits, I do feel like so far and I've read them, um, I, I feel like the government is bitten off more than it can chew. And I do worry about what this will do to meaningful ways to enforce you know reform like i i do so like if they lose that. it's yeah. bad and yeah and I'll, and I'll just i'll just end with this and and i'm i'm very happy to like hear both of your responses on this but the precedent that this sets and it's not without precedent there have been smaller cases where this this has happened before but the precedent that this sets to me is really actually really dangerous and i'm i'm far from the biggest you know business defender or, or anything like that but it does seem really scary to me to say we as an organization can approve something and we can allow something to go through. And then we can come back later on and say, actually, our bad. We we didn't foresee all the things that would happen and you've been too successful and we're now going to hold that against you. To me, that's actually really problematic. Like that is something that when we talk about innovation and when we talk about, you know, keeping, you know, companies that are in tech based here, like this is the sort of thing that does actually, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but does make me think, yeah, you know what? This is how your next generation of companies could be built places that are not the United States. Because if, if they're afraid that the government is going to come in and state attorneys generals are going to come in and say, yeah, we we um, we have problems with this. That that's pretty scary. Like, I, I don't I don't think that that that's not something that makes me super comfortable, to be totally honest. Like, even if this case has merits, the very fact that this is happening, I think, should make a lot of people pause because. I, I don't like what that could mean um, for the future. I, I understand your point and I respect it. I, I feel like that is a, I feel like there are many, many mega mergers have gone through and, and people have gone to make a lot of money and it has not gotten a second eye. The case is not about Facebook being too successful and making a lot of money. It is about the way they've wielded that power in monopolistic ways They've hurt competitors and damaged competition in the space. It's about a monopoly. And it's a, I think it's functionally about that. And I don't think it's about success. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by SetApp. 
There's an app for everything these days. Some of them are excellent and others not so much. A great way to discover new quality apps and get all the tools you need to be successful and productive is by using SetApp, a subscription for Mac apps. SetApp packs over 200 apps into one. There's an app for almost any task so you can stay in your flow and finish what you started. And now you can take your projects to your iPhones and iPads. I have those. With support for iOS companion apps for your Mac favorites like Ulysses, ToDo, and TaskHeat. SetApp has a dedicated curation team that only selects the highest quality apps, which means you don't have to spend time searching for great tools. And it's such a great value. Instead of paying thousands of dollars for separate app licenses, you pay one flat monthly fee. New apps are added regularly and updates are free. And all of the apps are their full featured pro versions. Head over to setapp.com to try setapp free for a week. If you like it, pay just $9.99 per month for as long as it's useful to you. And it will be. And it will be. (laughs) Once again, go to setapp.com to see how it fits in with your workflow. Our thanks to SetApp for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Well, it's time for dessert, or maybe it's (gasps) time for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) This is the best dessert. Oh, my God. It might be one of our best desserts. Uh, So Lifetime and KFC are making a sexy Colonel Sanders movie (gasps) starring Mario Lopez. (laughs) That's my one-liner. And and that's the story. Thanks, everyone, for listening. (laughs) Please watch the trailer. It's it's better than it should be. And also, KFC's social marketing team is maybe the best in the business, don't you think? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, and they're, they might also be having the most fun in the business. <laughs> totally, totally. Like, they had the dating simulator. They have merch that I've bought. Like, like I bought some of that really good, um, like, I bought one of those uh, kind of graffiti Colonel Sanders shirts a few years ago, which I still really like. Yeah. Um, my friend Joel got as well. And, like, we instantly became best friends when we realized we both bought the same Colonel Sanders merch uh, when we, like, were at a party together. And that was pretty awesome. Um <laughs> Uh, Bree, you are the one who, who alerted us to, to this wonderfulness. Uh, please give oh. us your thoughts. Okay, so everything about this is just perfect, uh, except the fact that it's only going to be 15 minutes long. So um, if you know anything about the real story of Colonel Sanders, this guy was kind of a jerk. <laughs> like he was oh. a womanizer, and you know, he cheated on his uh, first wife with the woman that this movie is about. Seriously? Uh, with his mistress, and his Wait, mistress what? is the one that helped him. Yeah, <laughs> he shot a dude and wasn't charged <laughs> with anything. Like, the guy kind of had an epic life. So then, when they're turning it into a modern day, like, like sexy time with Mario Lopez, I'm 100% here for this. And what I don't get, this is why I don't get, everybody I know on, on Twitter is like, oh, this sucks, I'm so angry at this. I'm like, this is the best thing to happen in this hell year. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. It, it, the order goes this, Ted Lasso, and then Save by the Bell, the new one actually being good. Like, those are, like, the three, like, top surprises of the year. Oh, big year for Mario Lopez, then. <laughs> uh, I, I know. Shocking. Um, it, the new Save by the Bell is actually really good. Um, 
it's on Peacock and I hate how much I enjoy it. But uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So I didn't know all this about Colonel Sanders' life, Brie. He sounds like the Rebecca Harkness of like, <laughs> fast food. Like Taylor Swift yeah. should totally write a song about him yeah. Uh, yeah. called like, like, last great american colonel i don't know if kfc has enough like of that of money to get taylor's those taylor swift lyrics i agree he probably they well they, they probably don't but someone should do a parody see now now i want oh my god <gasps> now i want someone to do a last great american colonel like parody about yes. colonel sanders yes <laughs> okay yes i have also a new goal in life and it's to hear that happen yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So this is great. Oh, it's oh, coming just out. Side note, oh, Christina, one thing you could get for five hundred fifty dollars is a custom made uh Taylor Swift action figure on Etsy. That's something <laughs> else. Sorry. Just wanted to mention that. Wow. <laughs> I'm feeling so bad about my choices already. No. Um <laughs> let this be a come to Jesus moment. Um <laughs> this little mini film comes out on Lifetime on Sunday at noon. Um, hopefully we will, hopefully it'll be our dessert for many weeks to come. Yeah. I kind of feel like we should have, we should try to coordinate some sort of viewing party between the three of us. Yes. Yes. I can't for reasons that I'll talk about when I'm talking about what I'm doing this week. But first, this episode of Rocket is also brought to you by Splendid Spoon. Do you want to reset in 2021? An impactful change lots of people like to make for their mind body and the environment is eating less processed food and more plants but prepping a workday lunch you feel good about between zoom meetings and dms and dms and so many dms a thousand dms is something that's really actually hard to do you'd think that working from home would give you more time but it's all a lie splendid spoon is here to help you they make healthy delicious plant-based meals that are all ready to eat in under four 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 minutes for minutes, for minutes, for minutes, for instances of 60 seconds. Choose from over 50 meals, like, for example, the coconut curry rice bowl with kale and cashews, green split pea soup with tarragon and basil, and sesame noodles with shiitake mushrooms and collard greens. Splendid Spoon sends you a customized box of meals every week to make sure that the quickest and easiest lunch option in your fridge is also delicious, and healthy. And you can pause or cancel your subscription at any time. Leave the leftovers in 2020 with Splendid Spoon. Visit splendidspoon.com slash RelayFM to save $35 off your first order at Splendid Spoon and support Rocket. That is splendidspoon.com slash RelayFM for $35 off your first order. Go there now. You'll feel great about it. That is splendidspoon.com slash RelayFM to save $35. All right. Well, Christina, why don't we talk about what you're doing this week? Well, I am uh, finishing up some of my last work week stuff, bleh, work stuff for the year, uh, fin- uh, filming my, my last episode of This Weekend Channel 9 for the year. I will be in the office um, for a few days next week, and then I was way, 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 way over on untaken PTO. So um, I'm like taking Friday off and I'm taking from like next Friday through like January 1st off. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for you. Glad to hear that. Well, 
Well, it, well, it, both good for me, and also if I hadn't, I would have lost the days. It's one of those like, <sighs> you're only you're only allowed to roll over days for so long, sorts of things. So use it or lose it. So, uh, yeah. So, yay! Happy holidays to me, and I'm going to be also just like regretting my life choices um, about uh, you know making the decision. To Maybe spend you'll fall in love with on AirPods. Them. Yeah, I mean, I hope so, honestly. And and but I am serious. If I don't love them, if it's not one of those things where I like these are really, really good. If I'm like ambivalent um, or dislike them, I really do want all the listeners as well as you all to like berate me to return them so that I actually return them. Will I promise you. I can you. definitely help with that. Appreciate Brianna, it. what are you doing this week? So I want to tell both of you about something I absolutely freaking love. Um, so you all know I love speed running and I love classic game consoles. And I finally managed to get my hands on the analog uh, mini NT. Uh, if you don't know what this is, it's, nice. a, it's, a, it's a classic NES made with the FPGA uh, chip, a field uh, programmable Gatorade chip in it. So uh, basically it, it allows you to reconfigure uh, basically a circuit board on the fly. So uh, it's, it's much, much closer to hardware than typical emulation is. Uh, the Mini NT is the first device analog came out with. Uh, it was extremely expensive, $500, um, and it came with a bunch of fancy stuff on it, like aluminum body, all of that. For subsequent generations, like Christina, you and I both managed to get the analog pocket. Yep. That was only $200. This is the granddaddy of it all. It's $500. They did a small, limited run. And I managed to place an order for this a year ago. And I finally got it last week after FedEx lost it and they sent me a replacement. Y'all, this thing is 20 out of 10. It is the most magical product I've ever bought. I cannot recommend it enough. Christina, I would even recommend buying this on eBay at Scalper Prices. Yeah, I would would get the super... Yeah, I, I've been looking at the Super NG because um, that would be the one that I. That's the one that I would want, just because I don't have as yeah. like uh, for NES stuff. I, I don't need like the actual hardware. Like I have a working NES, and it's just one of those things that like I, I don't need that as much. But I've I've actually looked at it and have been considering the Super NG for years. So hearing so, your so, your your yeah. review on this is really good. So I have, you know, I obviously have high-end equipment for speedrunning for the NES and the Super Nintendo to, like, ultra-lube latency, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this the, the NES analog is a better value because NES carts are so quirky at getting to run on original hardware. Sure. This is just a drastically less fiddly way to do it. You have to, like, clean the, the brass contacts the mm-hmm. first time and get it clean, but the 72-pin connector isn't putting pressure on it, which is why people were blowing on the back in the day, even though it didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. It's all about getting that connection right. So um, I am having a blast. I've already brought Super Mario 2 time with Princess Peach down by two minutes on this version of it. So it is is wonderful. And I cannot recommend this product enough. I'm so yeah, glad um, that people are still making like stuff that's helping you get increasingly faster at these games. I know. Well, yeah. Well, and what's cool about these two is that the way that they have like the HDMI out and the way that they do the upscaling is really, really good. Um, my colleagues at Gizmodo would actually inter- had reviewed the the um, uh, 
Nintendo, the um, NG or whatever, like when it first came out and a couple of times. And I always was jealous because I was like, man, I want to review one of those things um, because they're so expensive and they were so limited, as you said. But yeah. the, the use of FPGA, I'm actually I'm both surprised and not surprised that more people haven't done it. Um, I'm surprised because you can get a really high quality product out of it and, and you can get really good results. I'm not surprised because it does cost a lot more money than just doing cheap emulation. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I, I am both surprised and not surprised, but I'm, I'm glad to hear you like it so much. I don't do speed the running. Thing so is, I don't think there's such a, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say, since I don't do speed running, like for me, the biggest thing would be game preservation. And that's why I don't think I would want this one, but I, I have been actively looking at getting one of the Super Nintendo uh, models. So it, I, I think the thing is, we've had such an influx of cheap uh, Chinese products to do mm -hmm. emulation on. Like, look on Amazon. There's no yep. shortage of products around the, you know, the twenty, thirty, two hundred dollar mark. That that's not special anymore. Like, if right. you're if you're price sensitive to it, that's fine. What you want is accuracy, you want the sound to be right, and you want the latency to be low. Like the thing about CRT is there's zero latency there. Exactly. And you know it when you're playing it. So, um, you know, I feel pretty strongly that, you know, if, you're a, if you are of this generation, I feel like more of us should be willing to pay for the FPGA uh, experience because it's drastically better. Like, even the NES Mini is on Canoe, which is uh, emulation. I find mm -hmm. Mario unplayable. So, there it is. Mm. Uh, well, let's move on to me this week. Hi. Uh, no, it's okay. That was good. Uh, I think that that is what our listeners like about this show. Uh, but I have another thing that I hope our listeners will like, which is Polygon is doing a charity stream this weekend. We will be raising money for the Innocence Project, and the stream oh. will be 56 hours long. So, hey, if you're busy, <laughs> if you're missing one day, you can watch all the other days. Uh, so we're all kind of basically taking blocks uh, for hosting, but we'll have guests on every every block so my segment will be on Saturday. Wow, why didn't I pull this up sooner? Um, Saturday, it is 6 p.m. Eastern to 2 a.m. Eastern uh, because I'm actually on West Coast time. So it'll be 3 p.m. to midnight. Um, but it, the stream itself actually starts at 10 a.m. Eastern on Friday and goes till 5 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Um, we're going to be playing all kinds of games. We kind of started off thinking of it as like our best of 2020, but then it quickly became like, why don't we just play the games that we love and the games that made us happy in 2020, um, which obviously <laughs> encompasses lots of games from lots of years. So we're definitely going to be having blocks of Among Us and Fall Guys. Um, and in my segment, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this will be a good one. There's a game called A Hand With Many Fingers which is a like CIA mystery solving game in the vein of a return of the Obra Dinn, which I loved because you're like looking at stuff and taking notes and trying to solve a mystery. It's the same kind of thing, but with a like 60 CIA spy aesthetic. Um, so I will be hopefully solving a mystery <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning, Eastern time. Uh, but my brain will be sharp because it'll only be midnight for me. So if you uh, would like to tune into that, I will probably be will probably be going live with the Tiltify, uh, which is the fundraising page on Thursday. 
Um, so I will probably be tweeting that. It might make it into the show notes depending on what time that page gets published. But you can pop over to my Twitter because I'll definitely be pinning it if you're interested in checking that out. Um, I would obviously very much appreciate donations. And if you can't donate for whatever reason, I don't care. You don't need a reason. I would also appreciate if you just shared out the links um, because that's the next best thing, you know. So that's what I will be doing this weekend. <laughs> so, you know, one of the reasons uh, one of the reasons I would watch this and support this is the Innocence Project uh, with Barry Sheck. This is really interesting. So after the O.J. Uh, Simpson trial, uh, obviously uh, DNA evidence became a really big thing. And the legacy of that is they started the Innocence Project where they would go find people on death row and they would mm-hmm. re-examine the uh, DNA evidence to find out if they were actually uh, guilty or not. And they've been, uh, the last I heard, it was like over a hundred people, uh, primarily people of color, they've been targeted uh, and many put on death row that were able to be free basically and were objectively proven innocent uh, with DNA evidence. So this is uh, basically paying for uh, the testing of that and the, the lawyer fees associated with it, as I understand. Christina, is that yeah, right? That is correct. Um, I, I believe the actual forming of the project predates the OJ case, but Barry Shuck, oh, really? obviously, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it, it was founded in 1992, but I believe that most of us, I mean, certainly myself, I mean, A, I was very young, but most of us became aware of it because of Barry Shuck's involvement right. in the OJ case. I actually think that actually... Yeah, I think that's why they might have had him involved in the OJ case as one of the lawyers was because of his prior work with DNA evidence. Um, but they've been able to get a number of people off of death row. And it's not just death row cases. It's also people who've been in, you know, for life sentences or who have had other, you know, really strenuous sentences where uh, they're able to do DNA testing. And they're able to say conclusively these people did not commit the crimes. They're innocent and to get them released and in some cases even get some sort of remuneration Um for the time that they've served. And so it's, it's a really, really good organization, I think. Um, and uh, my I, understanding I is they're also working to reform the criminal justice system, which is very valuable long-term work. So I am very happy. I agree with that. It's a, it's a good year for it. Um, <laughs> yay. Thank you guys so much. Um, okay. So that's what we're doing. Hey, Brianna, where can I find you online? Oh, where can you find me online? Uh, that would be um, uh, Brianna Wu on Twitter. And Christina? You can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams. And Simone, uh, real quick, you mentioned on Twitter that you would probably be streaming from the stables, but we would not have horses on stream. Uh, can we convince you to download Camo or something else so you can use your iPad or your phone as a camera so that we it can get some horses on the stream? Several layers. Um, I will no longer be streaming from the barn because the barn internet was not strong enough. Uh, I will be streaming from mom's okay. house. Second of all, I could not because that would involve taking the stream down, then bringing the stream up on my phone and going to look at the horses on Wi-Fi, which is unreliable, and then taking the stream down and going back to my thousand-pound Alienware laptop. Um, <laughs> so I wish, I wish I could have horses on the stream. I'm going to be making a lot of Instagram content with them while I can. <laughs> okay. So you can see okay, horses well, there. Good. I'm sorry, but Maybe thank you. you. Should just- I appreciate this okay. character well, growth for you, Christina, of wanting to see oh, horses. Well, I, I, I know. I'm, I'm trying, trying. Maybe you should do some advanced video and like see if you can have somebody inserted into one of their streams <gasps> so that they, they can see your horses. 
Wow. Wow. Oh my God. I could make interstitials. <gasps> exactly. Christina, exactly. thank you. You can find me online at Doom Quasar, Quasar on Twitter and at youtube.com slash polygon. Um, I'll also hopefully be having a video going up either uh, this week or early next week. Um, hopefully it's going to be this week so that I can point people towards the stream, which will be at twitch.tv slash polygon. Uh, Christina, did, did you say where you are online? <laughs> I did. You, I that's did. amazing of you. And now I can tell everyone that this episode of Rocket is terminated. <laughs> terminated it's terminated <laughs>